AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon Podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking to the grown and sexy We gon' laugh, cut up and kick it And at the end we leave it with just a lift your spirit Make you wanna revisit Tell your friends take a listen Young folks say it's lit Old folks say we dig it Can't no bitch do what you do Can't no bitch do what you do Can't no 
Hey, hey, welcome to Laugh and Learn. I am your host, Flame Monroe, along with my gorgeous co-host, Miss Lauren Hogan. Hello, Lauren. Hey, Flame. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Aaron. Hello, Aaron. He ain't speaking back, y'all, but he hear us. He hear y'all, so y'all say hello to Aaron. Uh, welcome to this week's uh, episode of Laugh and Learn with me and Lauren talking about up, down, in, out, around the back way, over the river, through the woods, all that. <laughs> oh, Lauren. So this weekend, Lauren and I were attended a function, a gala. It was a brunch. It was a, was it a brunch? Yeah, it was a little brunch event. Yeah, for uh, they were honoring black actresses of Hollywood, and the name, the main two were uh, Niecy Nash Betts and Shirley Ralph. It was at the Rich Carlton in uh, Laguna. Was it Laguna Hills? It was actually a nice Marina event. Marina Del Rey. <laughs> yeah, Marina Del Rey. Girl, you know, they gave us out of Long Beach. You don't know where it is. So you know <laughs> nothing but Long Beach. That's all I know. If it wasn't for Waze and GPS, I'd be lost for real. Uh, we and it was nice. We had look. We had tomatoes with uh salad dressing. They call it bruschetta, but it was tomatoes with salad dressing. <laughs> what? No, I'm just talking about. It was a actually really nice event. It was a bunch of celebs there. I posted some pictures on social media. I met La Murda. I met my boo Gail Bean. So that's J. Alphonse uh, Nicholson. I met uh, Gail Bean. I took a picture. I'm telling you, the highlight of the entire event for me, Lauren, the highlight of the entire event was meeting the living legend and taking a picture with her, which is the Lady Marla Gibbs. She was so nice and so kind and still funny at 90, 91 years young. Yeah, I'm actually uh, really glad that I got to meet her as well. Um, she was quite the sweet uh, individual, so... Mm-hmm. I say, uh, we were taking a picture. She said, well, happy new year, baby. I said, well, happy new year, Miss Molly. We getting up there. Ain't what were we now? 90. She says, baby, I'm 30 years old. I said, well, you still got your timing. <laughs> she now was she very good. The cardinal sin and asked the black woman her age. You know, people get in trouble for that. Child, as long as I ask, long as she didn't ask me my name, because I was really confused. I think she thought I was a girl. I wasn't going to tell her no different. I was, I was in my lady like, uh, uh, Beverly Hills Housewives of Beverly Hills meets House Husbands of Hollywood. I was a combo owner. Mm-hmm. It was nice. And your auntie was so eloquent. Um, her auntie is Vanessa Bell Calloway. <laughs> and she was like, between Vanessa Bell Calloway on the microphone and Niecy Nash Betts' mother, that was the life of the party for me. Both of them were a riot to me on the mic. They were the best. Yeah. No, they were funny. And I didn't know that um, Jessica Betts could sing so well. She has a beautiful voice. Um, that's you know that's very my type. If I had as much money as Nis- Nisi and more, a little bit more titties, hey Nisi, you'd be in trouble, girl. <laughs> she was very. Pleasant. Jessica remembered me from Chicago, and uh, I, the only reason I probably didn't try to match to her in Chicago because in Chicago she was a lot more girly. She was a lot more feminine. I just love the fact that um, they truly do love each other. The way that uh, Jessica serenaded uh, Miss Nisi Nash best was beautiful. So. Um, mm. And I know they didn't win necessarily their uh, categories on Tuesday, but just to talk about their careers and all their contributions and how they've helped all these young black women in Hollywood was really beautiful. Yeah. So I'm glad they were celebrated on Sunday. It was uh, it was a really beautiful event. So shout out to um, to William for putting the, the function together for them. He said he did that in what four days, seventeen yeah. days. Mm-hmm. It was a and everybody was so pleasant. Sharon Leo was nice. You know, they came around to the table. We had some nice people at our table. So it was a nice function. So kudos to them. Shirley did not win the award, but Abbott Elementary did snatch. So kudos. And so did um, James. Is it James Willie Tyler? What's his name? James Tyler. Tyler. 
Tyler James and uh, um, Quentin Brunson. Quint girl, I'm seeing the dress, but not her. I did love her dress. Let me just say that I love Quinta Brunson's dress uh, because it was such such a cute dress. My favorite dress of all the award show last night was um, MJ Rodriguez. I love that blue bow, and I'm, that worked because she is real thin. Uh, my wide ass, that my hips would have been wider than that bow. I think there was actually, I would say, among us, like the black folks with the Golden Globes. I pretty much loved everybody's outfits. I think Angela Bassett looked very regal and beautiful. Um, Jay Ellis's wife, her, um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but um, her dress was gorgeous as well. Quinta looked beautiful. Laverne Cox looked beautiful in her dress. Um, I didn't really. I didn't really love Laverne's dress. hair though. I, I, the dress was. I like Laverne's dress because it was. It wasn't showing no really no skin. I know sometimes she go for, but I loved the, that wig on her. I loved her hair. Yeah, I think she looked beautiful too. So. Um, but I know you got to talk about it. Go ahead. Talk, what do you think of the host? You know, because you you the biggest critic. So who was the host? Gerard Did they have one? Show. Go ahead. Did they have a host? That's what I think about it. Did they have a host? <laughs> That's what I think about. I thought that uh, as a, a responsible comedian, that you're supposed to read the room for whatever arena you're working. And I thought that Gerard Carmichael was quite irresponsible as a comedian by not reading the room. I thought some of his stuff was cringy. Uh, so many people in the audience and even at home, what seemed to be uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable with some of his lingo and his language and the direction that he took. And what I thought, Lauren, as a comedian, not more so than a host, when he started off with his material, even though some of it may have been factual, when he saw that it wasn't landing, Robert Frost says the road not taken. He should have taken the other road as a responsible comedian. But the Twitter has told him, uh, and he has gotten mixed reviews, but a lot more negative than positive. Some stuff just was not funny. It was that Whitney Houston joke was as bad as Kathy Griffin and the Donald Trump joke to me. That was my opinion. No, I agree but, with that. I think the Whitney yeah, Houston joke was very hey, tasteless. And then you were the one who reminded me that that's not even where Whitney Houston passed. That was a whole different venue. But it yeah. just... It, it was the moment and it just some of the people's faces in the audience were mortified. But another thing with the Golden Globes, they can actually drink wine. So a lot of them were, probably was bent. <laughs> well, I just feel like, um, well, a lot of people didn't even know who Gerard Carmichael was because I was looking at some of the comments. A lot of people didn't even know who he was. And the people that just did know. That's huh? funny. Huh? And you know he just won an Emmy for his stand-up special. But still, people still didn't know who he was in the comments, though, which was interesting. But I just feel like some people had different expectations for him. Like satirical comedy is like his thing. Like he's he does comedic satire, so I feel like people expected something different from him. But I didn't. So when I saw what he was doing, I was like, okay, I expected this based on watching his special. So. I will say that the the Whitney Houston joke was absolutely terrible, and I will give him kudos on this front: is that he did bring attention to the fact of how just racist the Golden Globes was, and it's interesting how they pivoted or did a hundred and eighty degree twist to make sure that they seemed inclusive this year because they didn't get any airtime last year. So I will give him kudos for that. But this might be the first and last time he gets to host an award show. So. We'll see. I just thought that his mood was a little monotone. I thought he was a little flat and dry. And I think as the host, and me, you have discussed this before, even when you first met me and hired me. I think the host has a great responsibility as far as carrying the weight of a show, especially if the show seems a little lackluster. Now, the show wasn't lackluster at all to me. I thought the Golden Globes was pretty good. 
Uh, and I love some of the, the guests and some of the presenters. Favorite out of everybody, of course, was Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge is just hilarious without even trying. <laughs> that lady is funny to me. Well, but it was overall you know about Gerard Carmichael though because people saying like he was dry and everything. I'm like that's who he is. So like I don't know what other people what, what people expected. You know what I mean? Uh, so. I think it was the language that he used, and um, I just don't think it's like you know how they try to take politics when 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 Trump was the president and they didn't want people to speak politically at at other award shows. I think what he was doing with the pointing out the racism and point was just. Um, may have been too much but then i was mm -hmm. informed by somebody else that they may have scripted that for him they may have wanted him to do that if the check was good and it could have been self-sabotage yeah. i don't know it have been what they wanted i wasn't there on the on the side of it as a participant or as an audience member or as watching the show i didn't enjoy it but i was i also didn't get the check so i don't know what they paid him to do but mm -hmm. uh i was happy that mj that that um what's the ryan uh ryan murphy, murphy. Mm -hmm. I, MJ Rodriguez because they did not have the show last year and she did win the first trans woman ever to win best actress in a category. So I love that he had everyone stand up for her and acknowledge her. I thought that was powerful. I thought that spoke volumes about inclusion and acceptance in this arena. That was great. That was, that was another one of the highlights. And you know, that's my girl, you know, that's my baby. No, I know. And I just think um, I love that Ryan Murphy was acknowledged because he truly is. Um, he's almost like a genius level for me. He's just a brilliant mind and creates and tells so many uh, really good stories. Um, and I also love that Eddie Murphy was honored too. His speech. Yes, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie looked good. Eddie's wife is lovely too. Mm hmm. But Eddie got his flowers. You know. You know. I love me some Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, Forty Eight Hours, Another Forty Eight Hours. So I love that. He was acknowledged last night too, and uh, was very funny. I, I need Rasputia too to come on back. I just need me some old Rasputia. I can't. I you just like Morbid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so Girl, funny. He talks about that movie, and he said he really had to take a seat back and reflect in his career, like what the hell he was doing when he after he made Norbit, because he thought it was just so terrible. Oh, he had a great time making uh, uh, Norbit, honey. He got his life. I, you could tell he was having a good time with them costumes and all them outfits. That mm -hmm. was that was a fun movie to me. I can do the Nutty Professor again too. I love the grandmama. Bring the grandmama. I don't need nobody but the grandmama mm -hmm. and the daddy arguing at the dinner table. That was funny to me. Yeah. But yes, kudos to Eddie and Eddie broke his Eddie broke it up and and so Eddie made a, a reference about the three things that will keep you in the business: longevity and uh, professionalism. He said, he he said pay your taxes, mind your business, and keep Will Smith's wife's and name keep out your out your MF and mouth. Mm -hmm. I thought that was hilarious. And I love the way he did it because after he did it, it was a joke and he left off. He didn't embark on it and carry it on. It was it was the it was fun. It was great. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed the show. I just did not enjoy the host. Not 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 him last night. But mm -hmm. uh I do I mind you, I loved his stand-up. I even made a laugh about his stand-up. But I did not enjoy him last night because hosting is one thing. Stand-up is a whole nother entity. Yeah. So that that's that's all I'm saying. Stand up. The hosting you should be fun. Move the room. You are you are the driver of the bus or train when you when you're the host. You control the narrative of the energy. You control the the fun in the room. You control all everything. But I don't. I think you got away from him, and I think he pushed it away from him more than anybody else. But it was still a great show. Kudos to all the winners. Kudos to all the nominees. Uh, it was a good show. I, you know, I like to see people dressed up. And Brad Pitt was there, Honey Boo, and so was um, 
Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino called me. I want to be Trango. <laughs> I thought you said Quentin Tarantino called you. I said, when? I said, Quint- I tell him I'm saying for him to call me. I want to be mm-hmm. Trango. He had Django. I want to be Trango. <laughs> so, train- um, the Wild Wild West. You know they had trans women in the Wild Wild West. They had trans women everywhere. What you mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was a good show. Good clothes, all all of that. Okay, where are we going, Lori Hoagie? Um, to a positive note, um, I just I'm happy to see that Demar Hamlin is doing much better. Um, much he's better. out of the hospital. He's back in um, New York, um, and he's breathing on his own. And it doesn't it doesn't seem as of now that his um, injury has been any serious, you know, detriment to his his neurological system. So <sighs> I'm glad to see that he's back. Um, prayer works. Prayer work, and everybody was praying for that young man. Prayer works. I appreciate that. I'm glad he's back. I hope he makes a full recovery and get back to that football field and get his Super Bowl ring. That's what he wants. That's what he deserves. Yeah, I hope that uh, this doesn't. You know, trauma is real. So whatever he decides to do, you know, understandably. Um, I did see that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, this weekend received a lot of backlash. They. I don't know if you saw this. They have a celebration dance. It's a CPR simulation that they do every time, you know, they make a good player a touchdown. So they received a lot of backlash for being insensitive considering Tamar Hamlin was just, you know, basically had to be resuscitated on the field. So which. Okay. So were they doing this dance prior to him passing out? They were. Okay. Get over it. Get over it, people. Well, you know, you got to be culturally sensitive to things considering, you know, he almost had a near death, you know, injury happened to him so i can understand people saying you know maybe this is just not the time to do that and be sensitive to your football brethren makes sense i get that part lauren but if they were doing it prior to and it wasn't directed at him people Mm -hmm. just make it way more out of other things i.e since we're talking about the cancel culture and the woke culture doing all that foolishness ron DeSantis, your governor of florida (laughs) my governor is gavin newsom i don't know who you're talking about Mm -mm. i'm not talking about you i'm talking to all the floridians that listen your governor of florida said that the woke culture will not have any say so or any part in um in florida well, as Simone Sanders said, the night of the midterms, you know, Florida is real special. So they can have it. Florida is real special and not the in Manny a good Petty. way. You know, I call them the Manny Petty's, baby. Mm-hmm. Florida is real special, not in a good way. So they can have it. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal yeah. with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But if we're going to just slide into the politics arena, 
um, we can start with good old George Santos, who just seems to be the popular Republican in the uh, GOP right now. And not for good is reason. That, is that the one? Is, let, me, let me be clear. Is that the one from New York who said that he was Jewish? Who said that his family survived, survived the Holocaust and he came over on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria? <laughs> I'm just making up lies because he did. I'm just confused as to how he was able to get so many lies out. Nobody did any research and he got elected because he has now admitted that he didn't graduate college. He didn't work on Wall Street or in private equity. He doesn't own property and isn't Jewish. And all of these things he asserted in order to get voters in Queens and Nassau County to vote for him. Now, is that the irresponsibility of the the the, the, the person he was running against or the irresponsibility of the voters who didn't even take the time Both. searching Google? Both. Because say yeah. what you want, I do. I'm not going to sit up here and say I research every single candidate that I vote for in those, you know, smaller areas where we talk about, you know, you know, somebody in congressional district three or something like that. Sometimes I will just vote, you know, democratically. I will admit that. But for the things that I feel directly affect me, I'm going to pay attention to who I'm voting for. So or do just do some research, do a little bit of due diligence to know who my candidate, even if I don't know them, I may make a phone call and, you know, you know, phone a friend or phone a family member, be like, hey, what do you know about this person? So just the fact that all of these lies were able to get in is just very baffling to me that nobody knew this until after now that he's gotten elected. So that is I would say it's white privilege, but he ain't even white. <laughs> no, he's, I think I think he's Latino. I don't know how he identifies, but his name indicates that he is of Latino descent. Um, that color, that hue d- indicates the exact same thing because he is a little toasty, mm-hmm. and that's not. The- well, the Democrats are basically requesting um, the ethics panel investigate Santos now um, financial disclosures for possible violation of the ethics in, gov- in the Government Act which requires officials to timely, accurately, and completely submit reports. So basically, the report is saying that Mr. Santos's financial disclosure reports in 2020 and 2022 are sparse sparse and perplexing. Um, It says, at a minimum, it is apparent that he did not file timely disclosure reports for his most recent campaign. And moreover, um, his own public statements have contradicted some information included in the 2022 financial disclosure and confirmed that the 2022 financial disclosure failed to disclose other required information. So supposedly what had happened, what this is saying is that he campaigned on behalf of another GOP person and he took said campaign funds to fund his own campaign, which is absolutely illegal. So... um, now there's this whole ethics complaint that has been filed against him. So I guess we'll see what happens. But it seems like I'm some of his fellow Republicans are asking him to resign. Yeah, I need the Democrats and the Republicans not to drag their feet on this. Because if they don't make a prime example out of him publicly and fast, do you know how many other people will come up with bull crap and lies to run for office and possibly get in? All well, you have to do is look a certain way. We gotta, well, how about we start with the, the man who really set this in motion, Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't want to do it if we don't really talk about it. Well, he's still lying. Ain't no taxes been paid. Ain't nothing. So he was the catalyst. That's why you got people like George Santos now. 
But because they drug their feet with Donald Trump and they are still dragging their feet with ex-president Donald Trump, <clears throat> it makes it look like it's okay for people to do it because they will get away with it and they won't be vilified for it. They may be vilified, but they won't do no jail time because he ain't went to jail. He ain't lost anything. Yeah. He has not lost anything. So that's what I'm saying. They need to make an example. They want to make an example out of us. If we do something wrong immediately, they need to make an example out of him quickly and immediately and i think i think don't quote me i'm just saying allegedly i think i read somewhere where they said that he was uh george santos was uh part of the lgbt community hmm that would be an interesting development i'm like well that ain't gonna be a nice uh, picture for that because you know they they label everything if one do it they all do it it's ridiculous speaking of um interesting comparisons because you just made me think of something um today it came down that Trump's uh, former CFO and friend, dear friend, um, Alan Weisselberg, was convicted of tax fraud. Um, he will be going to prison for five months, and a hundred of those first days will be spent in Rikers Island. A whole five months? Well, see, and this is what I find so interesting, because now I'm going to do a comparison between Alan Weisselberg, and let's just talk about the Chrisleys, Okay. Now, the, supposedly Alan Weisselberg's crimes are much more grave than what Todd and Julie Chrisley did, but he's getting five months compared to the, what is it, 12 and seven years that they're doing between the two. So it's 19 years between the two of them that they have to serve in federal jail. So make it make sense. Uh, I'm not a judge, Lauren. I'm not even on the jury. I don't know. <laughs> This this is America, and America. This America does what she wants to do. Yeah, but it's just like you commit over twenty years of tax fraud intentionally. Um, I think he had over like two million dollars in fines, and you only going to jail for five months, and you spend a hundred of those first days in Rikers, which you know is terrible because they talked about Khalif Browder too, and I know you're familiar with that story. He was in Rikers for over seven hundred yeah. days and eventually committed suicide because he was in solitary. Um, Alan Weisselberg is going to be in the infirmary unit for safety, and um, he's he's basically getting specialized treatment while he's in Rikers. Uh, I, and I understand that. And as an ex-con myself, baby, from what I hear about Rikers, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah, I don't care where you go. Because, you know, a lot of times, and I'm not saying this about no one particular prison or jail system, but a lot of times the guards be in on it because the guards are just human beings that live in the real world. So they know what's going on out there. You never know what kind of vendetta. The sad part, the scariest part about being in jail is you have no control over what is going to happen to you because you don't know. You never know who is the conspiracy plot that's against you. They can tell him he going to the infirmary and then, you know, as a as a civilian prisoner, or a jail, a, a civilian inmate, I could say, okay, I want to get to Lauren. So I could say, oh, I, I don't feel well. I need to walk myself. I need to go to the infirmary. I don't feel good. I'm throwing up or whatever. Baby, they can all, two or three of them can do that. It, it is possible that they can get to them. It's very scary to be in jail. From what I hear about Rikers, it's one of the scariest jails in the country. So yeah. uh, uh, you, we don't know how that's going to play out. But I, I hear you. They, they do give special treatment. Right, yeah. cause the cause say what you want about Todd and Julie Chrisley, they was advocating for their black grandchild. And Todd made a lot of public statements, you know, about the racism that she was experiencing 
and how he was going to support her and defend her. And, you know, they're treating them, they're treating them as if, you know, they're one of us. It's, it's very interesting. But then you got Alan Meisselberg over here who's getting five months. So. Big money, long money, get you short time. But I'm going to tell you something. Five months in Rikers can be like 500 years. Yeah. Let's hope he survives it. He an older guy, too. And, and baby, you know, it's it's hard if you ain't ever been in jail. It's hard to jail, if you, especially at that age. And jail ain't nothing like it used to be. Yeah. These young knuckleheads is up in jail. They run it. So hopefully he'll be okay. I'm, I listen. I, hopefully. He, didn't he turn state's evidence on Trump? Yeah, he flipped on him. So he get uh, a lesser charge. That's also another very scary reason to be put in a situation where you have no control over what's going to happen to you because sometimes people's phone calls and reach is very long. They can reach you in jail. It, it can happen. Yeah. That's very scary, Lauren. Uh, I, I hope, I, I personally, on a personal note, I hope they dethrone, I did say dethrone Joe, uh, Santos, and I hope that he does jail time because had I done it, had I done it, as just a regular American taxpaying citizen, I would be all kind of in jails and everything else. I need them to make an example out of him. Hmm. Major. Well, continuing on with comparisons, um, it came out, I think, probably two days ago that um, Joe Biden as vice president left some uh, classified documents and top secret documents inside of it's I don't know if to call it a residence or just a place where he used to frequent a lot while he was vice president to Barack Obama. Um, these documents were found. His attorneys reached out to the archives, uh, the National Archives. They came and picked up these documents, took them back. But supposedly now there's a second batch of documents that has been found, um, which is very problematic. So, of course, the comparison is going to be of what Trump did now to what Joe Biden's doing. So... I, I believe that this. Came out, I believe that they knew about this long before now, but they was holding this to, until they see if Joe Biden decides that he's going to run for a second term or not. I believe it's all, you know, it's a conspiracy theory. You, you know, my man. Yeah. And um, and I think that's why I was dropping. I think Trump is probably the steamroller behind it because he wants to run, and or he's he's already put his hat in the ring to run. I think they're just trying to make Joe Biden look as bad as possible. And people are going to think what they want to think and go with what they want to go. In the words of the great poet, Eddie Murphy, mind your business. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's no detriment, detrimental paperwork. And I know that he made a mistake, and we all do. they only bringing this up now because they're afraid that he's going to run for a second term and possibly win. I think that if all of this is actually true, it's, it's not a good look. Because technically... Joe Biden didn't follow proper protocol, but again, he forgot. He's two hundred years old. He forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my excuse. He forgot. He had taken his uh, memory medication. He forgot. Yeah, and while it's very clear we all hate Donald Trump, I just hope that uh, the mishandling of some of these top secret documents, you know, about foreign governments and locations, you know, he, hmm, I don't know. No, that's just, it's so scary because North Korea has already released a, a couple of missiles or that made made it to the U.S. coastline. Yeah, it's not safe anywhere. And speaking of not, international I, craziness, um, the, the Brazilians had their own little insurrection the other day. They had a January the sixth. They had a whole January the sixth. The Brazilians did. Yes, they should. Uh, but now, 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 tell me, break it down, Lauren, to our, to our listeners and our followers out there in laugh and learn land. Now, what did their government do? 
Well, the main difference between their insurrection and ours, when they stormed their um, capital, they were let out in handcuffs. They were arrested immediately. It was over, I think, at least over a thousand people. Um, but yes, Brazil attempted a whole coup and um, it was thwarted by decisive um, action by their uh, prime minister. But um, yeah, basically they followed America's lead, but um, their consequences were very different than ours have been so far. So, And we're the greatest and richest country uh, supposedly in the world. Mm, got to be more careful. That's to be more careful. Come on, Brazil. Attack, attack, attack. <laughs> yeah. So um, long story short, just give a quick breakdown. So it says at least 1,500 people have been detained after Sunday's riots by supporters of far right former president. Um, I'm going to just say his last name because I don't know how to pronounce the word. Um, Bolsonaro, according to Brazil's uh, justice ministry, the violence, violence in Brazil um, at the capital was the most significant threat to democracy in Latin America's largest nation since 1964's military coup. Jesus, just the world is just, everything is just so scary, Lauren Hogan. It's just crazy. But it's interesting because they led this coup after their new um, president, Lula, was actually sworn in. So they did their coup after the fact. You know, January 6th happened before all of the actual electoral college votes had been solidified. So it's interesting to see. Stop the steal, Lauren. They wanted to stop the steal. Mm-hmm. But it was stolen after. Look, it was stolen before. Mm-hmm. But apparently Bolsonaro and Trump have a lot of close ties between the two. So... Trump is gangster. Let me just say that <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump has so many different. Trump was a businessman long before he ever be jumped into politics. Because I ain't gonna never give him the title of a politician. He was never a politician, but he was a businessman before he jumped into bed with politics. And he was a businessman on the Democratic, Independent, and Republican side. I'm sure he knows many stories and where many of the bodies are buried. I think that's why people are secretly afraid to go after him because they know too much. Mm-hmm. Or oh, well, he knows too much and he might and his daddy would too and his dad too. So he might cut the cord and unleash the beasts and people are petrified to lose their situation, lose their jobs, lose their, their, their status. Yeah. If- so the, the far right are acting out internationally now. I know that's probably a new feat for them. So with this new house GOP that we now have over here back in the United States in Congress and all of these new committees that they're trying to form and, Kevin McCarthy having to make all these concessions to get his little gavel. And um, basically, you know, some of these new uh, congressional uh, leaders in the House are going to ultimately, it seems, put some of America's security at risk. So I don't know what these next two years are going to look like. Thank God we've got, you know, a Democratic Senate and a next and a Democratic president, at least until 2024. Um, but I don't know where we're headed at this point. It's a little, it's a little scary. Yeah, America. You said America is in peril. We've been in peril since Oliver North and the Reagan years when they sold arms to our enemies. You sold our same weapons of mass destruction to people who didn't like us. Baby, let me tell you something. <laughs> We've been in trouble a long time, Lauren. Yeah. Well, We've been in trouble. Well, here at Laugh and Learn, we have a saying. We are never trying to get anybody to change your mind. We're simply trying to get you to use your mind. Because why, Flame? A mind is a Terrible thing to waste. And I'm looking at Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper said he's looking for a new boyfriend. 
Girl, call them, Lauren. Call them. Ask them what you do. You want a boyfriend with some tits. Call them, girl. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here at Laugh and Learn. We um we are in the and uh, uh, we are uh, in a brand new year, twenty twenty three, uh, and I want you guys to look up and l- let it look po- uh, positive. Let the outlet be shiny and happy for you. Don't look bleak. Don't look dark. What is what is the thing you always say? Uh, manifest manifested. You know, you always say that to me, Lauren. Manifest yeah. how you feel. Manifest your positive energy. Yeah, if you see something you want, speak it out loud every day. Just speak it out loud every day. Just to yourself. God hear you and the universe hears you. Don't don't take the gloom and doom. Just say it out loud every day in your car, on the bathroom, or walking down the street, on the bus, the subway. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to hear it. That positive going to boomerang and come back to you. We appreciate you. Congratulations to all the nominees and honorees at the Golden Globe Awards. I'm looking for the next award show because I think Chelsea Handler is hosting the next one. I want to see that too. So, and whenever y'all oh. call Flame on Road, we got the gowns. I got the man. Uh, <laughs> all we need is the check and the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Did you hear it came first? Check came before opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> My manager is real severe about her money. I'm just letting y'all know. Okay. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Aaron Long. We will see you on next week. Flameheads, laugh, laugh and learn folks out in iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Amazon land, all that. We appreciate you, and we thank you. Peace. Don't miss an episode of Laugh and Learn. Listen and subscribe on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Laugh and Learn Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Our executive producer is Tiffany Haddish. Our theme music is by the one and only Chrissy Payne. Thank you, guys. This is Flame Monroe. <laughs> Don't forget to laugh, listen, and learn. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon Podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes 
with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.